We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guy, Cody, here, back for another one, guys. And today, with the coaching search taking a little bit longer, we haven't been able to really talk about a new Colts coach. We might not be able to here for a week or two still. But with that being said, I wanted to kind of take take this time right now while the content's kind of in a weird spot, where the coaching search is kind of in a weird spot, and talk about some players on the current team of the Indianapolis Colts, some players that I would say are guys who could potentially be diamonds in the rough for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, this could include guys that were just coming off of their rookie season. This could include some guys who I think, you know, maybe serve some roles, but could maybe serve some better roles here for the Colts based off of how their performance was this last year with the team. So, Here's kind of how I have it. I have five total guys here. Probably could have thrown in a couple other guys on this list as well. I really have three guys that have played significant snaps for the Colts last season that I think could be diamonds in a rough moving forward. And then I have two kind of unproven guys here, two guys that really didn't do a whole lot for the team for various reasons last year that I still think, based off of a couple different factors, could potentially be diamonds in the rough. So we will start with the three players that I have that contributed to the Colts last year. And I think for different various reasons, I think they could contribute this year and potentially be diamonds in the rough. And I'll explain why. So the first player that I have here is the Colts kick slash punt returner and also corner Dallas Flowers. Now, Flowers came in as an undrafted free agent this last year. You know, people just kind of thought, is he going to make the roster? Is he going to be more of a practice squad guy? Is he going to do anything really for this team? A lot of people liked him, you know, coming in as an undrafted free agent last offseason after the draft. And uh, Flowers kind of found himself a role with this team, right? With Isaiah Rogers getting more snaps at starting corner, he kind of had, you know, advocated for Dallas Flowers to get some more, you know, looks on kick and punt return and, also, with the departure of Naheem Hines via trade, this opened the opportunity for Dallas Flowers to get a great opportunity. Now, obviously, we know what he can do in the kick and punt return department. You know, he was the league leader in, in kick return average 
um, which I think is very notable. He's got the the size, the speed. He's got he's got the things you're looking for, some elite traits, if you will, um, to of an NFL corner. Now, here's my thing. It's really going to depend for me on what happens with this corner room, right? You know, do the Colts decide to move on from Kenny Moore? You know, do they? trade him away to some team? Do they cut him? What do they do with Kenny Moore in that situation? Kenny Moore came off clearly his worst season as a pro last year. Uh, so what do the Colts like to do there with the amount of money that Kenny's getting paid? And then, you know, what else do they do? How else do they address the corner position? Because you look at it, I mean, really, Isaiah Rogers is the only guy that's under contract past this next year. right? Stephon Gilmore has one more year left on his deal. And so you could say the corner room could kind of be in flux here in the very near future. So I don't think the Colts are going to bring back Brandon face on, you know, do they elect to go draft another guy? Do they bring in some vet corners? All that's kind of up in the air at this point, but I think this potentially opens up an opportunity for a guy like Dallas flowers, you know, to kind of show a little bit, right? He had some reps near the end of the year, you know, to some mixed results at corner, as you would expect, you know, as an undrafted guy, you know, had some struggles, you know, wasn't perfect. Uh, but I think he, he, it was good for Dallas flowers and always good for young corners and young players in general to just get out there. I mean, with the season, the way it was, I think at that point, getting Dallas Flowers more snaps was really a good thing for him and his maturity and hopefully accelerated maturity because maybe he could be, you know, step into maybe that slot corner role or something like that because he certainly got that speed for it. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just intrigued with Dallas Flowers. You know, at the very worst, he's a reserve corner and you're kicking punt returner moving forward. At the best, who knows? Maybe he's another Isaiah Rogers situation where the size and, and the speed and all that stuff kind of contributes to him being a really good corner in this league. Um, so that is to be determined. But I think based off of what we saw from Flowers, especially, you know, in the kick and punt return duties, he's definitely earned himself a roster spot. But what's he going to contribute on the defensive side of thing is to be determined. But he's young enough where I thought I'd put him on the list. He's going into his second year now in the NFL. So let's move on to a guy that, man, honestly, guys, this guy was, I think, for the Colts, the MVP down the stretch for the final few games of the season. And that was Zach Moss, the running back previously at the Buffalo Bills. He was included in that trade for Naheem Hines, where you know, the Colts gave away Hines. They also got Zach Moss and a draft pick. And so I will say this, guys, I did not like that trade when it first came out at all. I'll just say that. I thought, you know, Zach Moss is a bad, like, I think a lot of people said, Zach Moss, who is this guy? You know, like the third string running back of Buffalo. Like, why are the Colts even interested in him? And, you know, I will say this, Zach Moss was a bright spot for the Colts. You know, he finished the year, you know, really running well, over four and a half yards per carry. And he was just really, really performing at a high level. And obviously the season at that point for the Colts was pretty lost. The Colts had no semblance of a passing attack, but where they really played well. And also, you know, they did play some really poor run defenses, but Zach Moss guys, I think he really solidified himself to me as RB two moving forward, which I think is great considering the, the bad situation the Colts were in with the Naheem Hines wanting to get out and all that stuff. And Zach Moss is exponentially cheaper than Naheem Hines was. So all that to say, I think he has a great opportunity here to be RB2 for the near future for the Colts, right? I really think he does. I think it presents a great opportunity for Zach Moss. 
And the, the, the good thing is, I think that maybe that can make the Colts feel better is that, you know, JT obviously struggled with the, the ankle injury. He got surgery a couple weeks ago here. So, you know, Zach Moss has shown at least in the last couple games of the season that he's more than capable of handling the load. And I think that's something moving forward with Jonathan Taylor kind of, you know, getting a few more injuries here, getting that ankle injury. I think the Colts would be wise to not give JT all the snaps like they did in 2021, right? To split up the carries. And I think Zach Moss is a guy that you can give the ball a few times per game and, and give Jonathan Taylor a breather. Let him rest up because we all know the wear and tear of a season of 17 games and potentially more if you make the playoffs. And I think it just served the Colts and Jonathan Taylor well if you had kind of a compliment to him in that backfield. And I think Zach Moss, at least to me, guys, he showed some things. He really, really did. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, he's young. He's 25 years old, and he just turned 25. He's a young 25. So, I don't know. Zach Moss, to me, I was really impressed. I did not expect that, but I think this trade could actually work out well for the Colts because it also kind of feeds into a guy like Dallas Flowers, getting an opportunity at kick and putt return, right? Because remember, Naheem Hines was the Colts putt returner for the season before he got traded. And so it opened kind of an opportunity there. I just want to pull up the final stats here. I just pulled them up here as I was speaking on Zach Moss for the Colts. So so he really played for the Colts. He, he, his first game was the Dallas game. He didn't really get any run. He got three carries in that game. But then after that, he got 10-plus carries in the final four games and he got 15 plus carries in three of those four games. So the first game that he kind of was the full-time guy, he got 24 attempts. That was a Minnesota game. We know the the very infamous blown lead for the Colts, but Zach Moss, um, ironically enough, it was his worst game on an average basis. He ran for 81 yards and uh, he just continued to get better. The last three games, right? You, you talk about the Chargers game. The Colts offense didn't do anything. They only scored three points in that game. But Zach Moss had 65 yards, nearly five and a half yards per carry. And then you go back to the New York Giants game. Zach Moss, 74 yards on 15 attempts, nearly five yards a carry. And then the final game, his best game of the season by far against Houston, 18 attempts, 114 yards and a touchdown and a 34-yarder. This is long there. So, Zach Moss makes my list here, guys, as of another potential diamond in the rough for the Colts at only 25 years old. I think they potentially have their RB2 moving forward. We'll see what it looks like here moving forward, but uh, definitely think that actually turned out pretty well for the Colts. So, all right, let's continue. Let's talk about one last guy that I think has the potential to be a diamond in the rough, and I think you're probably going to get for relatively cheap. That's linebacker EJ Speed. Now, here's why I say that. He does obviously... A lot for you on special teams. We already know that, right? When the Colts drafted EJ Speed out of Tarleton State in the fifth round of 2019, everybody just looked at him and saw just the physicalness, right? I mean, he was long. He was athletic. He had all the traits that you're looking for. And EJ Speed now has an opportunity, guys, to be the third linebacker in this system while also playing some special teams, right? I don't think the Colts are going to probably bring back Bobby Okereke as sad as that is he's probably going to want a big payday and I don't know if the Colts are in a position right now to go and pay him that amount especially with how much you're paying Shaquille Leonard especially because of how good Zaire Franklin just played breaking the franchise record in tackles I think this opens an opportunity 
for EJ Speed to maybe carve himself out a little bit more of a role with this Colts team. I mean, every time he's gotten an opportunity on defense, he's played really well. He's definitely improved as a player every single year. And so I think this is his opportunity potentially, and I think he will re-sign with the Colts. You know, this is his opportunity to really show them that he can be, you know, potentially a really start a really solid starting linebacker for the Colts. We'll see. I think Zaire Franklin right now is going to be your starter, obviously, but, you know, kind of a spot starter. He'll play a decent amount of snaps, and I potentially see him carving himself out a role here with Indianapolis. So we shall see on that. But I think EJ Speed could be a diamond in the rough because he's probably not going to command a lot of money, but the production he's going to give you on special teams and also on the field potentially I think it definitely could make him a diamond in the rough that we're maybe not talking about enough here. So EJ Speed makes my list. And then, like I said, guys, I have two other guys that I'm going to talk about. Two guys that were rookies last year that I think just the potential is sky high with these guys. The production, it's not quite there yet. But I think they have a great opportunity here in year number two uh, to potentially be those diamonds in the rough guys that we kind of wrote off or didn't really talk about a whole lot. But I think based off of some of these things, they have the potential. Uh, the first guy I want to talk about Nick cross, right? Nick cross was a safety. Of the Colts traded up for this last draft. Everybody thought, Oh man, this guy's going to be like a really, really good player. He's going to be a starter day one. Like he's going to do all these things. And it just really didn't happen. Right. Nick cross started off. He got a lot of snaps. He was a starter. And then he really struggled in week one, and he really never saw the field after that. And obviously with Rodney McLeod doing what he did with the Colts last year, and obviously Rodney Thomas, seventh-round pick as well, doing what he did last year, Nick Cross kind of got relocated to, uh, you know, didn't really do a whole lot, right? He was kind of the reserve guy, didn't really play a lot of snaps for the Colts' defense. But looking at Nick Cross, when he was coming out, the Colts obviously fell in love with him because of the physical tools that he possesses. And so I think you can't write off Nick Cross and potentially the jump he's going to make in year number two. Now, obviously a lot of this hinges on who's going to be the def defensive coordinator, who's he going to be working with, who's going to be developing him. All those things are huge factors, but Nick Cross, just from a pure talent standpoint, he's got it. He's got what you're looking for from a starting safety. He does. Absolutely. Now, can he kind of come up to speed to the NFL level? We'll see. How much had he learned kind of sitting back for a year, learning under guys like Rodney McLeod, watching what guys like Rodney Thomas, Julian Blackman did out there, right? How does that impact him? I, I'm just curious on that because I actually don't know what to expect from him. But I think he has a lot of potential. I really do. And I think the Colts are just going to, unfortunately, they can with how good Rodney McLeod played, with how good these other safeties played. They can afford to kind of be patient with a guy like Nick Cross. They didn't have to have him out there week number one starting the rest of the year, even though he did struggle. So I do think it is really good for him to get the opportunity to not have to feel that pressure from day number one. So I'm hoping to see a jump from him. We shall see. Now, the final guy I want to talk about here, and this was no fault of his own, Andrew Ogletree. He was a tight end that the Colts took later on in the draft, and he really stood out in training camp. I mean, guys, we talk all the time how good Jelani Woods was in his rookie year. I mean, Andrew Ogletree was surpassing him in training camp. He was like probably the Colts' best tight end out there in training camp from what everybody was saying. And so 
We just have no idea because he obviously suffered that injury that was just brutal and it ended his season before it really began. But he was showing out, guys, from everything that everybody was saying, he was showing out. Now, I'm not going to say he's going to go out there and he's going to be, you know, one of the best tight ends in football from day one. That's just not a reality, right? And training camp can be very misleading a lot of times and what how it translates to the actual, you know, week one regular season game. But Andrew Ogletree's a name I think a lot of people have just written off. You know, he was getting really hot, and then he got hurt. So I think he has the potential to really be maybe that third tight end the Colts are looking for. Maybe the Colts select to move on from Mo Cox, and Ogletree kind of fills a role for this tight end room. He definitely has shown, at least in the opportunity he had been given, that he has a lot of potential, and the Colts are obviously very high on him and we're really excited about him. It's just a bummer that the season ended the way it did for him, but just don't write off Andrew Ogletree is all I'm going to say because I really think he showed some things in training camp, and I think that just can't you can't just turn away from that. So I'm interested to see can he make a full recovery and what does he look like when he is fully recovered and when you know the pads come on and it's real and it's live reps and it's actual NFL games. I don't know what to expect from him. These are two guys that I'm kind of looking for and hoping, and I think they certainly are on a good trajectory if a couple things go right for them to be potential diamonds in the rough. But, guys, that's going to do it for my list here, looking at the diamonds in the rough for the Colts. Kind of a various list here of some guys who are second-year players, um, some guys who have been in the in the Colts system here for a couple years, uh, a guy that's new, obviously, in Zach Moss, and then just some unproven guys as well. So let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Is there anybody else that maybe I missed that you think are kind of unproven, that you think could be diamonds in the rough, if you will, that we're not talking about. But maybe at this point next year, we will be talking about them a little bit more. That'll do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, go Colts. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.